Hi everyone, I'm Lucas Mack and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing else. Today, we have the powerful Jake Kaufman on the episode. He is a coach to online trainers. He is a personal development coach, a powerful a powerful person in the world of vulnerability. And he is a leader and someone that I know is going to speak a lot of life into your soul in this episode. Jake, thanks for joining the Golden Rule Revolution. Thank you so much, Lucas. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us uh, background. I always ask uh, where people are from. So where, where are you from and, and how did you get into what you're doing? That's a great question. I'm originally from the Midwest, born and raised in Michigan. I went to college in Minnesota, lived in Chicago for a number of years, <clears throat> pardon me, and eventually made my way out to Los Angeles specifically because I found myself in a dead-end career. I was working in the fine dining restaurant industry in Chicago, was very, very burnt out from all of the stress and expectations and the intensity that went into maintaining not only the job itself, but the lifestyle as a result of it. Hmm. I was constantly working nights, holidays, and weekends, so I was very disconnected from my friends, from my family, and got to a point in my life where I was hungry for more. And I recognized that in order to pursue what I truly wanted to do, it required me working on myself first and foremost. So if I wanted to create a change, then I needed to change myself first. So I found myself coming out to California for a series of personal development workshops that speak directly to emotional intelligence and that we are the source of every result in our life, good or bad. And eventually I just decided to move out here. I wanted to be in a community and in a container where that was prioritized and where people were constantly pursuing being the best versions of themselves. So I've lived out in California for almost four years now. And Shortly after having moved out here, I started production on a documentary detailing the last year in the life of my grandfather. So I started filming on his 92nd birthday and finished filming on his 93rd birthday. He passed about a month after that. But the entire premise was to inspire people to live intentionally and really ask themselves, who am I and what am I here to do? What is my purpose? And am I living that purpose? So after having produced that documentary, actually I shouldn't say having produced it, I'm still in the process of finishing it, of completing it, I became extremely passionate about the healthcare industry insofar as how we communicate with patients as they go through their continuum of care. Because I saw an extreme gap in how we communicate with them and relate to them in the midst of going through a very trying, vulnerable situation because it involves their health. Yeah. And so I found myself as an enterprise sales executive in the healthcare space for a number of years and recently transitioned to coaching full time because that's where my passion resides. Let's, um, let's back up for a second. Let's talk about what, how did your grandfather live that inspired you? What was it about him? It's a great question. He grew up in the great depression, fought in world war two was one of the first members of his family, family, excuse me, to go to college, mm. raised a family in Michigan, had four kids, 
all of whom are still married to their original spouses. And just the example that he provided to not only myself, but to my siblings, to my family about what it means to be an honorable, loving man and what it looks like to be in service to others. Mm. Did, did he talk about his family and what he grew up in at all? And, and what was that environment like to create the grandfather that you had? That's a good question as well. And I talked to him a lot about this, especially throughout filming and more towards the end of his life. And in his eyes, he very much ascribed to the quote from Martin Luther King Jr., which is life's most persistent and urgent question is, what am I doing for others? Mm. So he was constantly looking to be in service, not only to his family, but to other people whether that be his coworkers, his friends, anyone that knew him, he was constantly looking to be in service and to support other people in their lives and what they were up to. I love that. And it's passed on you three generations later. Absolutely. Well, I'm grateful for it. I am beyond humbled to have had him as my grandfather and to have his, him as an example in my life because I recognize that we ultimately in so many ways are a product of our environment. And we don't have any control over that. And so I am absolutely grateful for the fact that I was born in the environment that I was born in and had him as an example to look up to. Hmm. So now that you, I mean, that's what an, uh, an amazing gift that you were given to be able to interview him and document that and capture that. Talk about legacy building. And now as you are looking forward in your life, what is that legacy that you hope to leave? He led a life of intention and, and you know, you laid out what he did so beautifully, but what is the legacy that you're passionate about leaving? Uh, dude, I love this question. And I think about this all the time, to be honest with you, Lucas, my purpose for being here is to simply inspire others to do what inspires them. Hmm because I recognize that leaving a legacy is not an option. Yeah. All of, all of us will leave a legacy regardless of whether or not we actually take time to think about it. Right. And so many of us find ourselves in a position of letting life happen to us and allowing our circumstances to dictate who we become and how we live. Mm. And the people that ultimately end up making the biggest difference in the world are people who are very, very clear about who they are, why they're here, they're whole and grounded in their purpose and in their worthiness, that their story and that their voice is ultimately meant to make a difference in this world. And that's what I'm committed to doing as well. I love that. Um, the, the movie Coco, the Disney movie Coco brought this to popularity. I, I've not seen the movie. Um, but someone mentioned it and then I started reading about it, but the, the three deaths in Mexico and this is, it just stuck so deeply with me, especially recently. The first death they teach is the moment a child learns that it will eventually die, that it won't live forever. That's the first, first death. The second death is the physical death. And the, sir, the third death is when your name is no longer spoken on earth. Mm -hmm. That is the third death. And then, you know, like, man, leaving a good legacy, a good name. There's a 
Solomon wrote, and there's a proverb that says, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Mm. And like, that's, that's all about legacy, you know, leaving that name. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And when you actually take time to ask the older generation about what it looks like to truly create a meaningful life, you constantly hear the same thing over and over and over again, which is going back to what I mentioned earlier, how you showed up in support of and how you served other people. Mm. Because if you're constantly focused inward, then your legacy is all about you. That's right. And our lives were truly meant to be a ripple effect and to reverberate long after we're gone. That's right. So the more people we serve, the more people we support in our lifetime ultimately dictates the type of legacy we leave. Mm. What, when you're working with entrepreneurs and, and professionals right now and you're helping, you know, you're inspired to help them live what inspires them, what is the one thing or is there one thing or what are some things that you see that hold them back, that hold people back from actually stepping into that life of living with inspiration and passion? It's a great question. And I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to fear. Mm -hmm. And I think underneath the fear is a lack of worthiness, a lack of self-love. Right? We talk so much about the power and the importance behind confidence, the confidence to pursue your dreams, the confidence to take risks, the confidence to start that business, write that book, produce that film, start that podcast, right? Whatever it is for you, whatever, right. that, whatever that burning desire is for you, I think we can all agree that it takes a certain level of self-confidence in order to do those things. And really, confidence is just inner trust. It's truly trusting, believing, and living in a way that says, I am worthy of creating this life for myself and having all of the abundance, whether it be financial, relational, on the other side of putting in that work and creating and manifesting that intention. So that's what I think about when what ultimately gets in the way between us and having everything that we've ever wanted of believing that we are worthy of having that very thing of having that life, that relationship, that career, that level of happiness. Because if we don't believe that there's no way we'll be able to manifest it. Everything starts with belief because our beliefs determine our thoughts, determine our actions. And of course our actions just determine our results, our life. That's right. We are simply a sum of all of the little decisions that we've ever made up until this point in our life. For you and your journey going from Chicago, which I mean, Chicago is amazing in and of itself. There's a lot of amazing things happening there. It's a big city, obviously, but it sounded like you, you know, you weren't in a place of, of pure peace. You go to LA was it that journey that led you to finding your 
worth and your, your joy and your peace that where you are, was it? And I guess maybe the question is, as you were talking, I thought, well, maybe we sometimes need to leave our environments to actually change the narrative of we're not worthy. Maybe it's because, yeah, that's my question to you. Did that help you? A hundred percent. And it has everything to do with it. You just mentioned it that so oftentimes we are, I would venture to say all of the time, we are a product of our environment, which Mm. is why you often hear people say you are a reflection of the five people that you spend the most time with. That's right. So when it comes to intentionally creating the life that you desire, you quickly realize that in order to elevate, it means being around people that are at the level to which you aspire. It's not enough to hang around people that share your current level of success because if you do, you're just going to stay there. Right. You're just going to stay there. But if you start to surround yourself with people who are several years or several steps ahead of you in their careers, in the level of success and abundance that they have, you will naturally elevate to that level because you have no other choice. Hmm. Because success does not tolerate mediocrity. And when you're surrounding yourself with successful people, they only surround themselves with people who are committed to being successful themselves and being in service and in support of other people. Hmm. So absolutely, that was huge for me, especially when it came to interrupting the patterns of self-sabotage and limiting beliefs that were attached to the environment in which they happened. Hmm. Because growing up in a tiny town, constantly being surrounded by the same people. I mean, you know, if you're from the Midwest, you've been to the Midwest. The town I grew up in was, you know, 900 people. So everybody knew everybody. Hmm. And everybody knew everybody else's business. (laughs) (laughs) So removing yourself from the environment that you've been in your entire life in order to create the success that you want is so necessary. And I think that's regardless of where you live, but especially for myself, when it came to the abuse that I suffered growing up, Mm. both physical, sexual, and verbal, it was very important for me to detach and heal from that experience in an environment that was conducive to that. Yeah, that is, um, that's beautiful. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. You, Everyone listening, um, I want you to, I'll post in the show notes as I always do, um, everyone, you know, the guest information, but I'm going to post Jake's information in the show notes and I want you to follow him on Instagram and Facebook. You've been posting some really powerful, incredibly intentional and vulnerable posts lately. Um, what's that journey been like for you to openly share your, your story and your journey of healing. Whew, you, uh, you definitely hit the, hit the pinpoint. So yeah, a week ago, yeah, tomorrow, a week ago tomorrow for the first time I openly publicly shared about my experiences with sexual abuse growing up. And it was both one of the most difficult things I ever did and one of the most liberating things I ever did because for years I was trapped in this ego conversation that held power over me insofar that 
I'll be judged. I won't be accepted. Start over real quick. You said insofar and then it, 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 um, it cut out. So insofar as what you, you were afraid you were going to be judged or not accepted. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I'll start from the beginning, which was essentially the reason that I had never shared that was because I was trapped by this ego conversation that if I share this with other people, I won't be accepted. I'll be rejected. I'll be judged. And that story had power over me. Hmm. Right. And whenever we, whenever we reiterate our stories of trauma and abuse, they have power over us. And so by sharing that story openly, my ego no longer had a foothold and it was no longer able to use that story against me. So it was really scary because I had operated from that story for, well, ever since it happened. So almost two decades ago, you know, I'm 32 years old now. The event happened when I was 13 or 14 years old. Mm. So that story had power over me for that long. Mm. And because of it, I was constantly holding myself small, not allowing myself to be seen, not truly being able to step into my power, into my purpose and own my voice in a way that I could be used to be in service and support of other people in doing the same thing. Mm. And you know, I think it took me about 20 minutes to write the post and about another hour to actually post it. <laughs> yeah, because I got it. I understand it. It's beautiful. Yeah. It was, the closest thing I can compare it to is kind of like skydiving. Hmm. If you've ever been skydiving, you always hear the same thing from people who've had that experience about when was the scariest moment. And they always say the same thing, as you can imagine, right before you jump. But when you think about it, you're actually safe in that moment. You're still on the plane. More likely than not, you're strapped to an instructor who's done this hundreds, if not thousands of times, who's holding on to the side of the plane and you're holding on to them. So you're completely safe. And then everybody says the same thing about what happens when they jump. Well, the fear just went away because hmm. now they were committed. Yeah. Yeah. So very quickly you realize that what they were really afraid of was letting go of the attachment and the limitation that was present to their old story. Hmm. And so by sharing that story publicly, by shedding light on it, I was able to remove the foothold that my ego had in my life for so long that held me small and prevented me from stepping into my power and into my purpose. Hmm. But it's funny how the ego works, of course, because it shifts. As we grow and evolve, it grows and evolves as well. So then the story became after I shared, it became because you shared that, now people will judge you and people will ridicule you and not accept you and reject you. Hmm. So for me, disciplining my mind has been absolutely essential and key to my growth and development as a person and recognizing that if I want to grow, I get to lead by example. That's right. Well, first of all, I want to acknowledge the beauty in your post. As someone who's gone through it as well and, and has gone through, you know, 
a massive journey of healing, especially this past year. And um, I understand what, what that took and I acknowledge you and it was beautiful. I just, that's the word. It's beautiful. And like I told you before we started recording, vulnerability is what's going to heal us. It's what's mm-hmm. going to heal this world. It's what's going to heal our hearts and our souls and our minds and our bodies. It's what's going to heal our relationships and this lack of vulnerability, this fear of being judged and the shaming and the, the guilt and the bondage that it, it keeps us in is killing us. It's killing us slowly. It's stripping away our life. And when you posted that, we've known each other loosely or kind of peripherally. We've talked one time mm-hmm. prior, but when I saw you post that, brother, I just, I just, man, my heart just connected with you. And I'm like, this is a brother right here. And I want you to know I'm with you and I'm proud of you. And because you're, you're bringing things to light, light heals, light heals. And, um, yeah, just, I want, I just want to acknowledge you that what you did was beautiful and you're just going to receive more love uh, in your life because you created that space to receive more love. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying that. And it's important to recognize as well that ultimately this post isn't about me. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. It's not about what I went through. It's not to draw attention to myself. It's to be a part of a much larger conversation, which like you said, the disconnect that exists in our relationships that has us not be vulnerable, not allow ourselves to be seen for who we truly are and open up and have these authentic connected conversations. They're killing our relationships. Yes. They're really truly killing our relationships. So if anything, it was to support that ongoing conversation that we get to risk for the sake of successful, thriving, abundant, healthy relationships. And first and foremost, in order for us to be whole, it requires us healing. Yeah. And we, and we can't heal if we're not going to acknowledge and share what happened to us and how it truly affected us. So it starts there. It starts with changing ourselves. And the best way to change yourself is to first and foremost, heal yourself. That's right. You know, we've, we've all had traumatic experiences in our life, regardless of whether or not you've been abused in some way, shape or form. You don't have to have been sexually, physically or verbally abused to have experienced trauma. That's right. Right. Because our ego is constantly looking for evidence to hold us small and to prevent us from truly rising into our power and into our purpose. And that can be something as innocent as getting made fun of by a family member Mm -hmm. growing up or not getting the attention that we truly desire from a parent. Right. And because we have nothing else to compare it to, because it's only our experience and our experience is unique to us, for us, that is traumatic. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, I, if I, I, I can't recall if I've shared this before on, on this podcast or not, but it was explained to me that if, 
if we all lined up and we being all of humanity, if, if we can think that big, lined up on a seashore and right behind us, literally just to our back is a giant cliff that goes up a hundred feet in the air. And each of us have a boulder above us and someone pushes the boulder. Every single person gets the boulder pushed at the exact same time. Whatever my boulder is, whatever my trauma was, is going to hit the water the same as it hits for you. And your, and then the splash up on the shore, it's all the same. Totally. It's all the same. Um, so this comparative, because that's another ego story, like, well, I didn't go through that as bad as that person, or I shouldn't be, I shouldn't feel bad about what I went through. That, that's all we get to heal period. And if we're not healed, then let's be healed. And let's, sometimes you got to be like, I don't know if anyone's seen the Wolverine movie where he's in the tub and he just busts out of that. Just like raw. Sometimes you just got to take a stand and break the cycle because if we don't break the cycle, the cycle will continue because the ripple effect continues one way or the other. It's not that we make a positive ripple effect. There's also negative ripple effects and they'll continue until someone makes a splash and says enough is enough. Yeah, I'm absolutely. That's a great example and a great analogy. And it's important to acknowledge that we are constantly manifesting what we want in our lives. Hmm. We are constantly manifesting our intention. And I think everyone can say that there is an area of their life that they're not a hundred percent satisfied with. If you brought anybody on to this podcast and ask them if they were a hundred percent satisfied with every area of their life, relationship with self, with others, their professional life, even the money in their bank account. Right. I, I mean, we could just start there. <laughs> level the playing ground. <laughs> right. Level the playing field. Because like even Warren Buffett, even Warren Buffett, he wants to, he wants his ceiling to become his floor. Right. We all want the same thing. We all want to improve and to elevate in every area of our life. And it's very key to understand that first and foremost, that starts by doing the internal work. Because if we ever hope to manifest a different result externally, it starts by doing something differently internally. Right whether that be having a conversation about ourselves, other people, or the world, right? Because for some people, it may be, well, I don't trust others. So it may have nothing to do with them. It's done out of self-preservation. It's done to protect them. Right. Whatever the story behind that may be. And because of that, they find themselves alone and not being supported and not experiencing community in a way that allows them to truly thrive. That's right. So if you want to change your external reality, if you want to change your life, you know, start by changing the internal conversations that are going on inside of you. Hmm. For people that, um, I know, I'm sure there's a lot of people right now listening that, that are resonating with your story and resonating with your message. How can people find you? Great question. So I'm on Instagram. My handle is at Jacob Kaufman. So it's J-A-C-O-B Kaufman, my last name, K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N. 
then I'm on, on Facebook, I go by Jake Kaufman. So just J-A-K-E and then my last name. So those are the two primary spaces in which I share social media, share what's going on in my life, coaching, inspiration. So feel free to check out my Instagram or my Facebook. I'm constantly posting to both those places. I love it. I love it, brother. And uh, last question I'll leave you with is, if there's one thing that you encourage everyone to take a step forward on, um, something either you learn from your grandfather or something that you yourself are teaching others, what, what is that? What would you want them to, to know? I think it goes back to what I was talking about before, Lucas, to be honest with you, which is that leaving a legacy is not an option. Mm. And really taking time to dwell on and think about who am I and why am I here? Tolstoy long ago said, without knowing who I am and why I'm here, life is impossible. Mm. And one of my favorite books, it was a book written by a hospice nurse years ago where she interviewed people toward the end of their life about their number one regret. And the number one regret was that they wished they had lived a life according to what they wanted and not other people's expectations. Mm. And that they wish they had the courage to follow their dreams. So my encouragement to anybody listening is figure out what you love to do. Focus on the end goal and everything in the middle will take care of itself. You know, we live in a society of constant instant gratification where we are looking for a quick fix. And you realize just by looking at nature, for example, that that's not how the world works. There's an old saying that goes, in nature, nothing is rushed and everything is accomplished. Mm. Everything. So when you think about your legacy, first and foremost, ask yourself, what do I want? Because without answering that question, how do you know what action to take? And I truly believe that if we are not in our heart of hearts pursuing our passion, our passions were given to us for a reason. I do believe that all of us have a soul assignment that we've been put on this earth to accomplish something to contribute to and better humanity. So if you are not pursuing your passion deep down in your soul, then you're doing not only a disservice to yourself, but you're doing a disservice to the world and to other people. That's right. 100% so forget about the money, forget about what it looks like, forget about what it's going to take from you in order to create the life that you want. Figure out what you want first and foremost. Take action and everything else will take care of itself. Well, I want to thank Jake for coming on today and everyone listening. What amazing advice that we can have to go out and leave a legacy, one that it's worthy of the dreams and passions that reside deep within us. And it starts with being healed and healing starts with vulnerability. So I encourage every one of you to reach out to me, to Jake, to someone who you feel safe enough to share what is going on inside you, what's holding you back so that you can be free. And a free person is a powerful, powerful person. 
As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you find this valuable in any way, shape, or form, rate it, share it, subscribe, and download, and let's help spread the word to treat people like people and nothing less. I'm Lucas Mack, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.